0: Good morning. Uh, I, I know most of you. There's only a couple of you, I suppose, that I don't know. My name's Colin Woodward. I'm the pastor of Destination Church Belfast. That does sound a little bit loud. Can it be brought down just a tad? No? Okay. So I want to uh, highlight really what Andrew said, which was about small groups. We um, have started this church with small groups, and we uh, really believe that they accomplish big things. It's a good line, isn't it? Small groups accomplish big things. But they are the lifeblood of what we're about. So um, It's going to be the place where uh, primarily you're going to get your needs ministered to you and develop relationships and uh, get to be open and honest about where we're at and journey together. And the journey we've been on has been a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Some nods. Yeah. So uh, come and check us out. I'm aware that it can be a bit like, oh, I don't know these people. I'm walking into somebody's home. But we will try our very best to make you feel welcome. um, And you can tell us if you don't. (laughs) We may go, okay, we'll try harder. But please check it out, and this week we're in Bothy Coffee Shop, just for what we call a relational night, just to hang out for a bit. Okay, so let's make a start. Uh, We have finished our, um, as he gets his clicker, we have finished our uh, teaching series. We went through the church as a house for community, the church for a hospital for healing of the broken. Church for as a school for learning, and then church as an army for uh, mission, and it was great to go through those. We will revisit uh, some of the topics within those over the years to come. But this week, can you click it on for me? There, we're on worship, and we're going to bezi- begin a five-part series on looking at worship. We are. Uh, I'm delighted to share. Uh, some gold that Dennis, Dr. Dennis Burns, Andrew was talking about him, he's the head of uh, AMI in America and a translocal leader with us. So I'm, uh, I've got some gold to share with you this morning, so bear with me as I do that, and it's really, really good to begin to teach on that. Did you enjoy worship this morning? Yeah? Did we get some points where we were like, this is really, oh my goodness, I feel like it could maybe express a little bit. Ooh. You hear me sometimes, ah! or I get lost at other times I I just don't know there was one time a couple of weeks ago where I found myself I normally face this way and when I opened my eyes again I was like this oh right and I sorted myself around I, I do really worship for an audience of one I'm sorry if you were more than that one so we have discovered that worship has a destination and psalm 22 verse Verse 3 says that uh, God inhabits the praises of his people. So in simplicity, when we worship, he comes. So we've discovered that the destination of worship is the presence of Christ among us. We want that, don't we? That's, that's when it happens. We don't want to just kind of, like when Claire and I, I'm going to use you this morning, I love you, sorry. When Claire and I got married, it wasn't a case of, I have declared my love to thee, and now we will every so often read a book that says we will hug, embrace, and we will have affection towards one another. Close and none will get with our lives. No, it's, it's a relationship. There's affection there. Well, I'm affectionate. Um, <laughs> she is too. There, there's, there's words of affirmation. There's, there's life together. There's uh, talking about stuff. There's communi- communication. There's experience in life together. Uh, it's real. It's real relationship. So we want to get to a place where we are free enough to be able to express our love to him. However, And next week, we're going to touch on, uh, biblically, the different things that it talks about that are are valid and viable and normal, really means of expressing our love to him. So let's start. What does it mean to worship? Well, the English word literally means worth-ship. So at its simplest, it is giving worth to something. It refers to the worthiness of God to receive special honor, reverence, and praise, So when we worship God, we are acknowledging and declaring his worth. We are not adding anything to him, nor are we detracting anything from him. We are merely embracing reality as it actually is. So we are saying, you are who you are, and I am who I am. The New Testament word proscunio means to move towards, to kiss. So what is he worthy of? He's worthy of, actually, it talks about like you would with royalty, where you would kiss, kiss the ring or kiss the hand of, but he is worthy of our affection, is he not? Yeah? And two key points to regard in worship as, the first point is that it's about bowing down to the object that we are worshipping or the person we're worshipping. And the second point is it's about intimacy and relationship. Let me read from Romans 12, verse 1. I urge you therefore brethren by the mercies of God or brothers or community or church by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship and we could define worship as an expression an endeavor of freely giving an expression of our love to God so what does that look like for you? What does it look like? Does it mean that well we're, we're all together and maybe that's a wee bit awkward? Or actually, if we're all about that and we're all not looking at each other and actually we don't really care if there are people looking, that we can actually express our love to him as we want to express our love to him? That we don't have to do it a certain way, so you see one of us with our hands out or somebody else with their hand up, that you can express your love to him as you want to, but you've got to express your love. Love to be love has to be expressed so what does the bible say about worshipping God well let's read from Mark 12 30 and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength worship is a personal expression of your love to him using every single part of you it's about learning to love I don't know if you're like me but there's a part of me that thinks when it comes to spiritual things, it should be an automatic download. Am I on my own with that? You just think that actually it should be the easiest thing in the world and why do I not know how to do this? When, tell me, when you're going to learn to drive, do you not get lessons? Or when you start a new job, do you not go through a whole inju- induction and training? Or you're learning a skill as there are years and years and years and years and years. When you start a, a career path, do you not go to school and university? So why is it any different with spiritual things? So this is about a process of learning to love. In our marriage, we're learning to love each other. Hollywood's way is, I love you. Oh! And somehow with that statement and declaration of love, you, you've got it. You, you don't. You don't. Anybody who's married here knows that. Anybody who's stuck it through with the relationship knows it is a process of learning to love. So this is not Hollywood. No, it's close but uh, this is a place where we want to be able to learn and in learning we have to have an environment where it's safe to feel i mean i don't even know th- is it really feeling is it just trying such stuff out and going well let me express my love for him let me see how this Oh, wait, put my hand up in the air let me let out a shout woo-hoo. remember the first time i thought well biblically it's okay to shout and i let out a shout i thought what will everybody? you know all those thoughts what will everybody think what's going to happen what's it going to be like and then actually it just comes out of you and you think this is a valid way of expressing you would do it in a football match wouldn't you well, well that's a football match no no don't do that culturally it's okay over here to worship a football team but when we come into the presence of God I'm not allowed to do that I, I don't think so I'm not buying that, and nor should we. So if you've bought that lie, that okay, somehow over here, well, that's actually, particularly for us men, you know it's all right to express our worship and our love over here, but when it comes to the living God, that we're just going to be reserved and hold back. No, don't do that. You want to be a real man, you're going to show your emotion. That's how it rolls. That's how it works. So learning to love spiritually we seem to expect the instant ability and understanding but it takes time it's a process god grows us and we need to be patient with ourselves and with him not that that again adds anything to him it's more about us we must be patient with the process god grows us trees take a long long time to grow he grows us and you may find that at times he'll go why are you in such a rush I'm actually going to dwell here for a certain amount of time so let's be at peace about this process but let's be committed to the process do we not all want to grow do we not all want to learn what it means to worship him and to grow in our ability to do that so we are to love god with all our heart and our emotions we are to love god with all our soul and actually the root word for that is about breath which is spirit so we're to love god with all our spirit we are to love god with all of our mind And we are to love God with all our strength, all our bodily, physical expression. And you cannot separate yourself. Do you remember the film First Night? Anybody with me? Sean Connery? He said to Sir Sir Lancelot, I can't love people in slices. We can't slice ourselves up. We can't go, uh, well, actually, there's this bit and there's this bit and there's this bit. We are a whole person. So we love him with our whole person, with our mind, with our heart, with our spirit, and with with our body and our intellect. So we've got to love him with everything that we've got. We've got to be passionate. And it is unrestricted and it's unrestrained. So if you've got restriction or if you're restrained, you've come to the right place because we want to deal with that. I certainly want to deal with mine. I was kind of delighted that I turned around and I was all, oh, yes, Lord. Oh, I'm actually staring at the people because I don't care. I did once. I really did. And putting my hand up or doing whatever, not that it's about putting your hand up. It's about expression of your love to him. He doesn't care whether you put your hand out. He cares that you express your love to him. I care that my son and my daughter come and say, "I love you, daddy. I don't want them to do it in a restricted, or I must do it in this way. I want them to say, "Oh, I just love you." They're the best ones when it comes out of nowhere couple of, uh, well, uh, probably close to a year ago, I was uh, shaving one morning, Claire was out with Anna, my daughter, and uh, Isaac and I, Isaac's uh, four, and we were uh, just, he was, I don't know what he was doing, he was just playing in the hallway, and I had some worship music on, and all of a sudden it came into my head, you know, you should really just probably say to him that uh, God inhabits the praises of his people in his language, as in, you're going to encounter God in worship, I said, Isaac, you're uh, do you know that when we worship, I said, "You know about God, the Holy Spirit?" Yes, Daddy. I said, "Well, it, it's just you can just talk to Him, or sometimes He comes really close, and you can just feel Him." And sometimes that happens in worship. Went well, okay. And uh, so the worship music was going on, and I thought, "I think He's here." I said, uh, "Do you feel that?" And he went, "Yes." And I s- and then he went, "Turn this off, this is making me cry." Jesus said, don't stop children from coming to the kingdom. So why do we do that? Why does it seem that uh, we're talking about worship and encountering the spirit? This is nothing new. We're just encountering the one that hovered over this planet before it was formed. He wants to encounter us. This is nothing new. These are ancient paths. It's just about knowing that that's what he wants to do. So he wants to encounter you and he wants you to encounter him. So we are not to worship anyone or anything but God. Exodus 34:14: "For you shall not worship any other God for the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God." So let me ask you a question: What is the most important thing in your life at the minute? Is it a relationship? Is it God? Is it a job? Is it family? Is it home? Is it your finances? Is it a holiday? Is it your football team? Is it your appearance? Is it how you feel? I certainly came from a place of if I felt it, I would just kneel to that. So if I was intimidated or something, I would just kneel to that. Or if I was fearful, I would just bow my knee to that. And my journey's been one of going, no, actually, I don't have to submit to how I feel. So what is the thing that is most important in your life? Because we are called to seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty-three, and all these things will follow as you go after him. And my favorite, Psalm 37:4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So all of that stuff that I cited, job, family, football team, whatever, is not wrong in and of itself. It just has to have its place and its priority under the fact that we want to prioritize him first. I think I missed a couple. I certainly did. If you do not bow your knee to Christ, you will buy it to something or to someone else. And that is just a reality. If you do not buy your knee to Christ, you will buy it to something or to someone else. So are you an abandoned worshiper of God or would you like to be? Worship must be from our spirit and it must be a truthful expression of our love. Let me read from John 4. 21 to 24. This is where Jesus encountered the woman at the well. Great passage. Great passage. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. When we worship what we do not know, it is just religion. We need to know him. Do you remember, I, I've talked about it a couple of times, when I first really knew that I encountered him, I was driving along the road, life wasn't great, car fills up with this love, and I'm just overwhelmed, undone, and completely ruined by this God. He has just shown me that, that, that he really loves me. I can worship him better from that experience because I know him that little bit more. And that was not the last. So we need to prioritize getting to know him. He requires that we worship him in spirit. He wants us to worship him in in our minds as well. But our minds cannot hack it most of the time. Our minds will chuck it out. No, that can't be right. That's not what God does. It doesn't work this way, but it can't happen. Just suspend all of that. Worship him in spirit and in truth. You may know something about someone. You may know some information. But whenever whenever they come to you and they tell you about that thing, you may know that somebody's really struggling. As a pastor, you can imagine, you get a sense that there's something going on. Maybe somebody's struggling in an area. But when they come to you of their own volition and say, this is where I'm at. Can I just talk to you about this? It just develops relationship. I may know that there's something not wrong. I may know the details of what's going on. But when that person comes to me and talks to me about it, it establishes relationship and establishes trust. It is exactly the same with God. Of course, he knows absolutely everything. But what free will gives is the volition and the will of the the individual to come to him and say, this is what's going on. And that is exactly what he wants. Don't let that thought, well, God knows everything anyway, stop you from telling him. Now, when you're praying for somebody, you don't need to go around the houses. This is Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, this happened, and She went to the yesterday morning, and she bought this. You don't need to go into that detail when you're ministering to something. That's not what I'm talking about. But when it comes to you and your journey, it's as important for you and for God that you reveal. You lift the veil on who you are. He knows it anyway, but it's about relationship. So as you develop that habit where you can go to him and say, you know, I'm feeling this way about this, or I'm actually pretty frustrated with you, God, about what's going on. Can you help me understand what you're doing? Or I don't know why this is happening. I don't understand. A number of years ago, I was in uh, Phoenix in Arizona, and uh, every year we have a leadership summit, and uh, we'll have a grand old time. But in worship, I I, I was always very excited when I got there to worship, but uh, in the middle of worship, all of a sudden, out of me somewhere went, I don't understand. There was a situation in my life that just wasn't going away and it just wasn't getting sorted and I didn't know what it was about. I just don't understand. Anybody else have those situations? And at that moment, what did God say to me very clearly? I know. And I don't know why, but at that point, it was much, much better because I knew that he knew. So don't hold back. It's important. Tell them how you feel. Tell them where you're at. Tell them your frustrations. Tell them what you love. Yesterday, uh, I I was praying with um, Isaac. Actually, again, sorry, Isaac's getting a bit of a mention this morning. Uh, But I was praying with him about, we always do, what's your favorite part of the day? And I was saying, we were building Lego, and I started describing to God the bits that I loved about what we built together. And you could see Isaac going, what are you doing? What are you doing? But he cares about all that stuff, for goodness sake, he numbers the hairs on your head. He's big in the administration. He counts your tears. He's numbered your days. Would he not care about the fact that you enjoyed building that stupid little bit of Lego with your son? Because it's not about building the Lego, it's about relationship. So don't hold back. Find your freedom not only in expression uh, with your body and with your voice find freedom in your expression that it's okay to tell him where you're at he knows it anyway but you've got to tell him he wants relationship with you worship also often requires a sacrifice to be expressed you get what you pay for in this kingdom Hebrews thirteen fifteen. through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. What will be your sacrifice? It won't be the same as somebody else's and often we can either look at somebody else's sacrifice and go, I don't want to pay that or we can go, well, that wouldn't be a big sacrifice to me. What is your sacrifice of worship? What does it look like for you? Just start asking that question in the middle of paying that sacrifice you'll know that you're going to get what you're you're paying for this is about being objective not subjective so subjective means that i do how i feel i'm going to do it if i feel like it if I feel that way, yes, it'll happen. If, it, if, if I don't feel that way, it's not going to happen. This whole journey and the sacrifice of worship is often down to our subjectivity. If we come into worship and we're going, I don't really feel like this today. I'm not really feeling like worship and going, no, don't feel it here. This doesn't feel like this. If you yield to that, you will get it. I don't really feel that today. But if you step over your dead carcass, go with that soul man there i'm just going to step over here and go i don't care i'm going to worship you anyway i would say i have a hundred percent head rate of getting over myself and getting to a place that is above and beyond what i expected would that be anybody else's testimony as well it's got to be tried to be understood if that makes sense a bit like all of the spiritual disciplines they are self-validating so you can stand up here and go oh well that's just for you you're the pastor of this church don't do that Stop it. That's for you too. If you don't feel it today, get over yourself with love and respect. Just get over yourself. You don't have to yield to how you feel. Do you remember last week, I was talking about being overwhelmed at the dishwasher? And at that point, you flip up your... Yay! You flip up your seal, and the wind of the Spirit carries you over. Well, at the points where you're just, no, oh I'm not feeling it today, I'm not feeling it. Tell me, how would that work for you with your job? How you, uh. I just woke up this morning. I really can't be bothered. How would it work for you? Would you get paid at the end of the month? Would you get paid ever again? Would you potentially get employed ever again? Would you ask that person that you just spoke to for a reference? Uh, uh. So get over yourself. You do it in so many other aspects of your life. Why wouldn't you do it here? Bring your sacrifice of praise. The challenge of worship... Remaining objective, refusing to submit to your feelings or to sickness or to circumstance, and this often requires a sacrifice. And let me finish with this: We settle the issue of worship when we uh, see the Lord. This is from Isaiah six. You'll hopefully all be quite familiar with it first one. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were the seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. They can't help, as in, sorry, this is in brackets. This is little Collins' interjection. They can't help but speak the truth to each other of who he is. And they are heavenly beings. They cannot help but speak the truth to each other of who he is. And let me comment on this. When you see him, he will fill your vision. The train of his robe filled the temple. Back to the passage, verse 4. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Collins brackets. Their words about him are powerful and cause a shaking. So your words about what you discover about him are powerful and they will cause a shaking. Mark my words. Verse five. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty and nobody told told him anything about his sin. That is not our job. So I would find that quite regularly I am standing in worship and uh, he's here and I just very very gently he is so gentle and kind anybody else experience that he rarely comes and slaps you although I've had a couple of them too but he'll normally just come and go you were a little bit harsh with Claire this morning or you didn't care about that or you were rude to that person or that person needed you and you couldn't be bothered and just gently touches it and I go right okay I'm sorry about that we're done it's really simple it's not a big deal but when you're in worship he will convict you very gently it's part of the process it's all good he does it for relationship he doesn't because he likes going (laughs) got it wrong he points it out to go that's gonna cause you a bit of hassle so you might want to deal with that heaven reveals the problem and the solution always 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 so verse six one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand which he had taken with tongues from the altar, and he touched touched my mouth with it and said, see this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away and your sins atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. So Isaiah saw the Lord and it is in worship that we see him. We see him in worship. We just see him in worship. Uh, god and i have this uh for me it would be uh, in worship i would see myself as a knight you can laugh at me all you want but i do Um, pretty much every time i see him as the king and i see myself as the knight i'm talking the full regalia sword everything and a heart full of obedience if he said to me could you get me a kleenex i would be up like a shot and getting it saying how many and serving him very very gently when I see him as he is, it calls me to be who I am. Something of the nobility, the, um, the calling, the purpose, all of that is wrapped up in who, who I know that I am before him. So you will see him, you will see yourself, you will see your sin. He will deal with you very gently in that. John 16, 8, just to support that point. Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's just part of what he does. You'll find cleansing. You'll find repentance and forgiveness. um, And you will hear your calling. Repeatedly. Repeatedly called back to it. And I don't know if you're like me, but I need that. Because as Andrew was saying at the end of worship there, life happens. It just gets overwhelming sometimes if you let it and don't pop your sail up. It just gets a bit too, oh, if I've got to deal with that circumstance again or do that repeated making the beds again or ironing or whatever it is that you've got to do that's really, really annoying. Just life happens, so we need to encounter him to remember uh, w- what it is that he's called us to. Can I get you guys up? We become like the God that we worship. Let him engage you in worship. So who do you worship and adore? Matthew six twenty four. no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. So we want to become like the God that we worship. It is true about him that he is worth it all, worth every single bit, whether we worship him or not. Is he worth your all? is he is he worth just a little bit is he worth the good or is he worth the absolute best now please be honest if you're not there yet tell him because he makes you causes you to will and to act make sounds like it you're forced he not forced